You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this midweek mock draft update episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints keep it close to home, signing another two-lane green wave player and also bring back an LSU Tiger. We'll talk about the new signings from Tuesday. Meanwhile, the Draft Network's midweek mock draft update takes us to South Beach. Sean Payton talked a bit about this year's NFL draft class, what he had to say about certain positions, and what's different about Taysom Hill's preparation this offseason. And finally, even though midweek mock draft is going to take us to Miami, We'll head over to Gainesville as well with a visit from our good friend Brandon Olson, host of Locked on Gators, as he gives us a rundown of Kadarius Tony and why the Saints should consider him in the first or second round. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Deputy Brand Manager with CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host over at our national Locked on NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. New Orleans Saints spending some time on their offensive line over the course of this week, signing former two-lane green wave Christian Montano, a signing that we got to cover live actually a little bit on the Tuesday episode, the six foot five, 316-pound offensive lineman. Ran around a 5-2-8 when coming out of college in 2019 and spent the offseason with the Pittsburgh Steelers, finally getting the opportunity now to head back to New Orleans and uh, spend some time with the New Orleans Saints, at least during camp. Do, do I think that Christian Montano has an opportunity to come in and you know steal a starting spot on the offensive line? No, absolutely not. And of course, that would be insane, right? The Saints have their five starting offensive linemen, Teron Armstead, Andrews Pete. I'm going to say Cesar Ruiz at center, Eric McCoy at right guard, and then Ryan Ramchek, of course. But Montano has an opportunity to come in as a center and as an interior offensive lineman and become a piece of you know, the very valuable depth that the Saints look at throughout training camp, and then maybe ends up playing himself into a practice squad role or potentially finds himself at some point on the 53-man roster should injuries or anything like that set in and elevate him up to the active roster in that case. He has a pretty pretty clear path as a guy that could come in and still be a piece on that offensive line. He's also got a pretty incredible story. He uh, went and got, you know, his... his uh, his cheeks swabbed by Be The Match a few years ago, and at one point months later, he got a phone call from Be The Match, answered the phone, and they asked him, told him that he was a match for somebody that was in need of a bone marrow transplant, and he was able to do that and effectively helped to save someone's life. So pretty cool story there for a guy that just decided, hey, I've got a bone to pick here, and I'm going to go and uh, do what I can to be a part of the solution and ended up being exactly that months later. So pretty cool story. Christian Montano, New New Orleans Saint. The Saints didn't stop there on the offensive line, though. They also brought back a familiar face, Will Clapp, offensive lineman. Uh, the Saints drafted him a few years back toward the end of the draft out of LSU. He has played as a you know interior offensive lineman, as well as as a jumbo package offensive lineman several times for the New Orleans Saints, and now finds his way back to New Orleans. We were talking about offensive linemen and getting depth along the offensive line and in the trenches there. And we were talking about some of the outgoing free agents that made the most sense for the Saints to return. And Will Clapp was one that we consistently talked about. 
I had him on my list of three free agents I'd like to see the Saints return. So as long as they're able to figure out a way to get Quan Alexander back, I'll be pretty happy for uh, what we're looking at for this offseason thus far. But the Saints do bring back Will Clapp to continue to compete and work out with them during training camp. Now, the New Orleans Saints looking at these offensive linemen coming out of Louisiana, but Benjamin Solak, who gifted the New Orleans Saints Greg Newsom in the first round of his mock draft that we covered on Mock Draft Monday, updates us here with midweek mock drafts by adding another Gregory to the New Orleans Saints at pick number 60. But this time, Gregory Rousseau, the six foot six, 266 pound defensive lineman. He had one year of production in 2019 that included 15 and a half sacks, but then opted out of the 2020 season. So Dane Brugler calls him a faith-based evaluation. You have to hope that that one year wasn't just a mirage and that it actually meant something to you. It's one of the reasons why you started to see Gregory Rousseau sort of fall out of the first round, and a little bit of it has to do with his athletic testing as well. Now, he is, according to Draft Network, a defensive lineman that you can put on the outside as well as a guy that can play from the inside, so he can play you know some scheme-versatile, multiple front-type defenses, but his athletic score, of, or relative athletic score, rather, of 7.75 may end up scaring away some teams because of specifically where he ended up lacking a 30-inch vertical and a 9-inch broad jump, or 9-foot broad jump, excuse me, 9-foot, 7-inch broad jump, uh, does cause a little bit of cause for concern because you're not seeing very much uh, explosiveness there. And if you're going to be a successful defensive line in the NFL, explosiveness off the line of scrimmage has to be a very big part of it. He also had very poor scores when it came to his composite agility score as well from his shuttle run as well as his three cone drill. So those are going to be a couple of things to watch as well. But a 4.68 40-yard dash, you can definitely see the long speed and athleticism from the speed side of it. But just in terms of trying to figure out how to put all of the tools together, and that's one of the things that Dane Brugler will tell you about. He's definitely got tools, Gregory Rousseau does, as somebody that brings length, frame, and athleticism. And uh, Dane Brugler also gives him a Chandler Jones type of ceiling. So not a bad player to get at pick 60 though, right? Regardless of that athletic testing and some of the question marks that come with them, I think you're okay with some of those question marks for somebody that could end up developing into an elite edge rusher for you out of the second round. The only difference is, will the Saints have the patience to sit around and wait for another edge rusher to develop, or are they kind of out of that market at the moment? We will talk a little bit about what Sean Payton does feel about some of the positions over in the NFL draft that he and, of course, the Saints brass have gotten an opportunity to evaluate. He gave us a little bit of insight on all of that, which is what we'll go over here next. We continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings that are sure to bring joy to your partner's life. Using only diamonds that are responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagements, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation, please. They're the perfect way to bring light to your partner's life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that's sure to surprise and delight, and fairly priced so you can give something that is special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique diamond ring that will be treasured forever, 
you're going to want to definitely check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Did you know that the coconut is not indeed a nut? And if you add brownie chunks to it, it is a built Bar. Yes, coconut brownie chunk available now. It's back over at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, of course, the best tasting protein bar and the reigning champion of our Built Bar Bracket Challenge. Coconut Brownie Chunk is now back as well as 18 incredible flavors, including six brand new flavors like Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp, as well as 12 of the OG flavors like Salted Caramel and Brent Brownie as well. Don't forget that all of those flavors are, of course, covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And of course, they're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and they're great for a keto diet if you happen to be on one of those as well. Around 17 to 19 grams of protein, but only four or five grams of sugar and net carbs, with the calories ranging anywhere from around 130 to just 180 on some of the most popular bars. So if you want to check all of them out, go over to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get the insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts as well. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch the live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft from April 29th through May 1st. All right, y'all. So as we roll along with today's episode of Locked On Saints, we wanted to take a look at some comments that Sean Payton made today. Sean Payton, Taysom Hill, and others all playing in uh, some celebrity matchups at the Zurich shootout on Tuesday. And uh, he spoke to a couple of reporters that were out there and really talked a bit about some specific position groups as well. He did mention that over on the defensive side, they're not done yet running through all of the players and getting a full-on evaluation of them. But he did speak about the cornerback position, saying that the cornerback position was absolutely a spot where the New Orleans Saints need to uh, pay attention and need to address, as he mentioned, before the offseason. So when you hear him specifically evoke the need at the cornerback position, that is something to definitely, definitely keep in mind as the Saints go into the NFL draft. Now, Nick, uh, excuse me, not Nick Underhill, it was actually uh, Mike Triplett. Mike Triplett ended up asking Coach Payton how he felt about the fact that, hey, is this a little bit different for you going into the NFL draft, actually having needs? And of course, Coach Payton commented upon the salary cap era, the drop in the salary cap, things like that. But that is where he also specifically mentioned that cornerback would be a position that they need to address before the season begins. So maybe we can expect to see the Saints do that early on in the draft or we could see expect to see them maybe do it after the draft and later in the draft they decide they want to go to the free agency route because there are still some free agents that are out there. Richard Sherman said that he's not signing with the team until after the draft, so on and so forth. So maybe the Saints decide to go that route as opposed to investing highly at the cornerback position. He did also say that they don't really feel that quarterback is a big need for them right now or a position that needs to be addressed. Now, 
let's not forget that he and Taysom Hill were also standing there together uh, at certain points, or at least close to one another. They were both playing as celebrity golfers during this uh, Zurich shootout. So I wouldn't anticipate that this would really be the setting in which Sean Payton would come out and say, yeah, no, we're definitely in the quarterback market when one of those quarterbacks could be standing as little as just a few feet away from him at that time. But even still, it does confirm our suspicions that there would be no reason to expect to see the New Orleans Saints go to quarterback early on in the draft. And if the right player is there at the right time at the right value later on in the draft, then maybe you see them dip into a little bit of a uh, developmental quarterback land there for uh, one of those late round quarterbacks, but would be shocked to see them. You know, there were all those rumors going around that the Saints might be a spot to watch for a Stanford quarterback, Davis Mills at 28. Uh, We talked a bit about it, whether or not that was smoke and fire or just smoke and screen. Seems to be a little bit more smoke and screen than anything else. Uh, Another position that he brought up or another pair of positions that he brought up were both offensive line and tight end, which much the chagrin of most Saints fans, he mentioned, felt like those were deep positions, meaning that uh, they have done a lot of extensive work there. Certainly that offensive tackle class is deep. You can get some really good offensive tackles later on in the draft. Tight end, it just depends upon what kind of tight end you like, right? Kenny Yeboah late in the draft could be a good option for you. Trey McKitty late in the draft could be a good option for you. So they definitely exist there. Should the Saints for any reason decide they wanted to take a look at tight end, though, I do feel like they're pretty good at the tight end position at the moment if they were to sort of continue on the way that they are at, at least at this time, and potentially maybe look at that later on in the draft. Maybe that is why he's commenting on the depth of it, because maybe that's a position that they might want to target later on in the draft, but I don't see a real rush to get into the top tier, the top tier tight end market, excuse me, uh, in terms of working that out. And I think you could say that for offensive line as well. But those are the positions that he specifically referenced, offensive tackle and tight end being deep, cornerback being a position that must be addressed that they need to address before the season begins, and quarterback being a position that they might not be very much in uh, in the conversation for early on in this draft. Now, speaking of quarterback, as we mentioned, Taysom Hill was also there as a part of the Zurich shootout, and he was asked a little bit about his offseason preparation. And there was something really interesting about it because he said that his offseason preparation actually drastically differs this year around. Because in the previous years, he had been focusing on working on different things throughout the offseason that got him ready for his offensive weapon Swiss Army knife role. Whereas this year, he's focusing exclusively on being a full-time quarterback. So he, much like what we've heard from Jameis Winston over and over again, is taking this quarterback competition seriously. He doesn't want any distractions in terms of whether or not he's going to go out there and be a tight end or whether he's going to go out there and be an H-back or a fullback or a halfback. No, no, no. He wants to go out there and make sure that he puts his best foot forward as a full-time quarterback challenging for that starting quarterback role. And you know what? Good for you, Taysom. Seriously, good for you. This is an opportunity for Taysom. He got those four games during the regular season. Now he's got to prove himself in camp against an extremely talented quarterback in terms of arm talent when it comes to Jameis Winston. And he's going to want to make sure that he's ready and that if he loses that battle, it's because he loses that battle to Jameis Winston because Jameis Winston won it and not because he lost that battle because of his own unpreparedness or anything like that. Shout out to you, Taysom. Go ahead and uh, you know put yourself in the best position possible going into this quarterback battle here as we get into camp. A lot of uh, just sort of unique situations for the New Orleans Saints going into the NFL draft with needs, uh, having a quarterback competition over the course of the offseason. But one thing that we can always rely on Sean Payton to do is have uh, the right vision for these players once everybody sort of slides into their roles, right? Once things are figured out, 
he'll have a very, very clear understanding of what this team looks like, just like he does with most draft picks. And one potential draft pick that the New Orleans Saints could look at is Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver out of Florida and all of the fun and exciting things that Sean Payton might be able to do with him. For more on that, we're going to be visited by our good friend Brandon Olson at WNS underscore Brandon, host of Locked on Gators and founders over at Whole Nine Sports. Talk to us a bit about Kadarius Tony. He's coming up with us here in just a moment as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And speaking of Kadarius Tony, right now, if you go over to betonline.ag, one of the draft prop odds that you can bet on is uh, where he'll go, right? Over under his draft position. And his draft position is currently set for, get this, 27 and a half. The Saints, of course, draft 28th. So if you think that the Saints could take him in the first round, you might want to take the over on that. Or of course, if you think they might take him in the second round, if you're interested in him, or he just ends up being a second round wide receiver, then certainly you might want to take the over there. But very interesting stuff to see him right on the cusp of where the New Orleans Saints select. On that same topic over at pick 60, you might be able to see a guy like Davis Mills find some odds here at 60 and a half being his over under. So some interesting odds surrounding the New Orleans Saints picks. If you want to see more of those, head over to betonline.ag. And if you want to do even more than that and put some money down, you could do it there as well because they've got you covered with all the sports odds and props that you need on just about anything that you can imagine. It's the best way and the best place to place your bets. And best of all, it's free to sign up. Betonline.ag. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up right now. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On so you can get that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's on Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Don't forget that today through the 26th, make sure you listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, the 29th ranked sports podcast in the United States. As of the time that I'm recording this, I'm going to hold that on my, I'm going to frame that if I can, because I'm very proud of it. It's presented by Locked On, as well as Odyssey featuring analysis from uh, NFL experts like Hall of Famer Michael Irvin. You got NFL insiders like Jason LaConfora, and you got Brian Baldinger, the king of breakdowns himself, as well as all of our local experts from the NFL and college channel, as well as our NFL draft and draft dudes team talking about every team making all the trades and all the picks for the next stars on their teams. Search for the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for sports, podcasts, music, and all the news that matters to you. Uh, wrapping up today's show, I am joined by my very, very good friend and host of Locked on Gators, as well as one of the founders of Whole Nine Sports, the founder of Whole Nine Sports. I'm, there's a little bit of a callback for you for your first episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the founder of Whole9Sports.com, where you can catch all of his written work as well. My good friend, Brandon Olson at WNS underscore Brandon on Twitter. Homie, how are you, buddy? I am fantastic. Today's a good day. It's a good day, man. I appreciate you very much for being here. Uh, we're recording this after I recorded my appearance over on Locked on Gators. Brandon was nice enough to stick around and join us here for Locked on Saints. Wanted to talk to him a little bit about specifically one Florida Gator that I feel like could be the perfect fit for the New Orleans Saints. And we'll talk about if there are any other Gators that could be good fits as well. But let's start off with the guy, the one, the offensive weapon, as you like to call him, Kadarius Tony, wide receiver 
out of Florida. Potential first round pick, potential second round pick if the Saints were to trade up in the second round to go and get their offensive guy if they decide to go defense in the first. Tell me a little bit about how Kadarius Toney, what he brings to an NFL team and how he could fit in with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, Kadarius is through and through an offensive weapon. He is actually the reason that when I was scouting players for this draft cycle, I created an offensive weapon section. Mm. So I was like, there's guys like Kadarius coming in, like I got to do it. He is not a natural wide receiver by any stretch of the word. He played quarterback in high school, came to Florida, was incredibly raw. He was just an athlete, put the ball in his hands, let him make plays. And he's developed into a legitimate wide receiver prospect now but he will always stick with that offensive weapon role just because i love it i love but that. yeah I, it's amazing but this year we saw him improve his route running significantly even last year he's there's a reason he was not productive for the first few years of his college career mm-hmm. he was very raw he came back this year and was a monster i'm sure it could be because kyle pitts was on the inside but Kadarius tony was able to just make so many plays and it's he created plays out of nothing at some point we mentioned the south carolina play surrounded by five defenders went through and scored uh miami in 2019 he was he caught a screen he was hit like at the line or right behind it and he took it for a huge gain and so he's just a home run threat every time he touches the ball even without that insane long speed like when people try Mm -hmm. to compare him to Tyreek Hill he's not that kind of guy he is you can call it lazy he's very similar to Percy Harvin he's he doesn't have insane long speed but he is so dynamic with the ball in his hands and so difficult to tackle I personally marked him as Randall Cobb plus Mm. because he's not that Mm -hmm. game-breaking speed he's very versatile he's going to be a monster out of the slot he's going to be involved in the running game and He's honestly just improved so much that it actually makes me very excited for what he can be just because he's shown that he's willing to put in the work to develop and to progress. That's pretty excellent. I love the idea of a, a Randall Cobb, like a little bit of a, an improved Randall Cobb, if you will, uh, or expanded Randall Cobb in New Orleans and with Sean Payton. Um, you mentioned that he and Kyle Pitts were a really dynamic duo together. They probably benefited from one another. Do you feel like you could see the same type of benefit for Gadarius Tony working opposite a guy like Michael Thomas? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, with when you have someone with Michael Thomas, no matter what people want to say about him, he is still one of the top wide receivers in the NFL, and he is going to draw the constant attention from defenses. So having someone like Kadarius Tony who can kind of work underneath Michael Thomas or try to go over top and clear mm-hmm. things out for him, I think it'd be fantastic to work with. And I mean, we know Kyle Pitts is another guy who he often gets listed as an offensive weapon. Some people right. call him tight end. Some people call some people call him a wide receiver, and he's often <laughs> compared to wide receivers. He did play out wide in an F role, so he could absolutely like Michael Thomas and Kadarius Tony can absolutely gel well together and complement each other. Whether they're on opposite sides or on the same side, they can give defenses and defensive coordinators absolute fits. Yeah, that actually makes me wonder about how Adam Troutman potentially fits into that equation as well, which I think could be really interesting. Uh, the other thing I want to ask you is, I think a lot of people talk about Kadarius Sony as a slot receiver. Do you feel like he's somebody that can handle a Z sort of flanker role on the outside? Um, I'd be a little hesitant to put him on the line, but yes, if he's like flanking and going in motion, I think he could absolutely handle that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's shown that He's not great against press. We saw that mm-hmm. throughout his time in college. We saw that 
in Mobile at the one-on-ones. We saw he's not fantastic in press. Aaron Robinson. That's who exactly what I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Robinson just abused him <laughs> off the line. But, I mean, we've seen him not be able to beat press early. He's got a little bit of a shoulder injury, a shoulder injury that he's been dealing with throughout his college career. So that could be slight cause for concern if mm-hmm. people get his hands on him early. But I think he could survive if he's in motion and they're not able to get his hands on him early. But like I mentioned with his route running, how it's been greatly improved, he could also work on his release. But right. I mean, he, it's not something he was really asked to do often at Florida, but we've seen him improve greatly over one season. We could see him improve greatly with beating press early and working on his releases. Yeah, and especially coming in and working with NFL coaches to help him do that. Uh, real quick before we get you out of here, any other names from the Florida Gators that Saints fans should have in mind as potential fits for the New Orleans Saints? As much as they might not like it, Kyle Trask is someone that you have to pay attention to. Kyle Trask is someone you have to pay attention to because the Saints are legitimately one of the best scheme fits for Kyle Trask and one of the best situations he can step into where he likely won't have to play early. He gets mm-hmm. to learn. And um, we've seen you guys operate with a pocket passing QB without a tremendous arm. Granted, could benefit from having someone with more mobility or a bigger arm. But we've seen the Saints offense specifically be able to thrive with a pocket passer. Brandon, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. Make sure y'all throw Brandon a follow on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Go and check him out every Monday through Friday over at Locked on Gators. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. All right, y'all. Coming up on tomorrow's episode, it is Top 3 Thursday. We're going to go through our top three positions of need for the New Orleans Saints going into the NFL draft next week. We're also going to be joined by Andrew Doak of WWL, who's going to give us his Saints draft wish list and much more as well as we continue on throughout the week. As always, y'all, I thank you very much for your support, for listening, for rating, reviewing, sharing, and of course, above all else, for having me grow this family. You can catch me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.